0: Control, allow one more. No place I would rather be and here in your love, here in your love. No place I would rather be. No place I would rather be. No, no place.
1: you Thank you for the sacrifice you made. Lord, I pray that we don't take that for granted, Lord. Lord, I pray that we don't take it lightly, what you've done, Lord, but it puts a burden on us, Lord, that, that you have died for us, Lord, but not just died, but you were tortured for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that we don't take it lightly, what you've done, Lord. But Lord, thank you for three days later, conquering death on my behalf, conquering the grave on my behalf, for conquering hell on my behalf, for conquering sin on my behalf, Lord, thank you. So not, let us not just remember the sacrifice, but the victory. Lord, as pastor comes to speak, I I just pray that you would hide him behind the cross, Lord. Speak through him a message that we can take with us through the week. Speak through him a message that would just, it would come out of us throughout the week, Lord. We wouldn't even have to say it, but people would say, something happened to you this week. You are different. Lord, give us opportunities to tell people about you. We love you so much. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: All right. How is everybody? Man, good worship. Praise the Lord to come and celebrate at the Lord's Supper table, what He's done for us. What an amazing God we serve. Man, we are so blessed to be His children. We'll be in Nehemiah, chapter 8, starting in verse 13, through the end of the chapter, and probably get over to chapter 9 for a few verses, and... uh, looking forward to what God has for us, set a fire down in my soul, amen, that I can't contain, that I can't control, I want more of you God, that should be an anthem in our lives, each and every day of our life, set a fire down in our soul, you better mean it because when he does it, he's going to change you, and we're going to talk about some of that change today, we're going to talk about the word of God, how it factors into that change in our life how it's uh, the agent of change in our life. You know, we, we, we read last week from chapter 8, and we heard that, you know, we knew at this time the people had rebuilt the wall, and now they brought out the Word of God, and they read it from uh, morning till midday, all right? And they did that, and it convicted the people. The people were changed by the Word of God as we should be changed by the Word of God. And then we'll go on today in, in more of the same thing. And I ask you this. Are you ready for the word of God to change you? Yes. Yes. Because if you answer yes, and you're asking God to change you, he just might do it. I always say this, what does God ask us to do every day? Change to be a little more like him. What do we resist most in our life? Change, change, whoo. How many elders does it take to change the light bulb? Does anybody know? <laughs> ooh, ooh, what? Change? Ooh, you can't get the elders to change the light bulb. Now, I joke a little bit because ours are willing to change. But that's the point of that. As a church, what are we? We should be ready to change. We should be ready to become more like God each and every day of our life. And we're going to see what happened when the people of Israel. At the time of Nehemiah, re- rebuilt the wall around Jerusalem. And then we pick up in verse 13. Now the second day, heads of the father's houses, all the people and all the priests and the Levites were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the word of the law. And they found written in the law which had commanded them by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in the booths during the feast of the seventh month. And that they should announce and proclaim in all the cities... And in Jerusalem, saying, Go out in the mountain and bring olive branches and olive trees, myrtle branches, palm trees, and branches, leafy branches, to make booths as it is written. Then the people went out and brought them, and they made themselves booths, each one on the roof of the house, or in the courtyard, or the courts of the house of God, and in the open square of the water gate, and in the open square of the gate of Ephraim, so the whole assembly of those who returned from captivity made booths and sat under the booths. For since the days of Joshua, the son of Nun, until the day of the children of Israel, had not done so. And there, has, and there was very great gladness. Also, day by day, the first day until the last, he read from the book of the law of God. And they kept the feast Seven days, and on the eighth day, there was a sacred assembly according to the prescribed manner. Father God, we come in the name of Jesus, Lord, as we look at your word today. God, may we take it. May we not only hear it, may we take it within us, and may we live it. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you see what's happening here is uh, the, the day before they had opened up the word of God read it from Morning till midday. The people had uh, responded to the word of God. And now here's what happens. Now it's Monday, if you want to look at it in our realm. You see, on the second day, they opened up the book of the law again in their homes. Did you notice that's the first thing it said? Now, on the second day, the heads of the father's houses and all the people and the priests and the Levites. Were gathered to Ezra the scribe in order to understand the word of the law. You see, they took their Bibles out on Monday. It's a novel approach, don't you think? What'd you do with your Bible on Monday? Don't answer that out loud. Think about that for just a minute. These people were hungry for the word of God. We talked about some of these people haven't seen it or heard it in 70 years that said it. They didn't they didn't do the tabernacle of the feast from the time of Joshua, the son of Nun, until now. They have been years since they had celebrated this way. You see, that's what the Word of God should do to us. You know, one day in the Word of God is not enough. It is great to be here today. Amen? It is great to worship Him. It is great to hear a word from Him. But it is not enough. You should have some kind of daily reading. Some kind of uh, daily journal. Whatever it takes. We, we pass them out right out there. We don't pass them out. We just lay them out and they're offered. There's a journey. It has a daily thing that can walk you through the whole month, each and every day. There's some for men and there's some for women. I'm sad to say, guys, we, we, we get 30 of them for the women. They're all gone. You want to know how many the men get? I'm going to say it. Ten. Yeah, ten. Some of them are still there. Boy, that says poorly on us, gentlemen. Does it not? Now, maybe you have another one you're using, and that's good. Praise the Lord. But if you don't, pick one up and start tomorrow morning picking up the Word of God. And it's just a couple of scriptures It gives you just a little boost for that day. We all know that, amen? You see, one day is not enough. It says in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scriptures inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Woo! The word of God makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. Now, how are you going to do what is right if you don't know what the Word of God says? What is, what is right? Because it's in here for every situation of your life. It's right in here. Everything that you need to know about your life is right in here. Whew, that's pretty good. And it makes us realize what is wrong in our lives. Do you know what's wrong in your life today? Have you even asked the Lord to reveal what is not pleasing to Him in your life? Because we all should. Amen? God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. Now, how many of us today How many of us today wanna be fully equipped? We wanna be ready for whatever comes our way. I promise you in our jobs, we wanna be fully equipped to be able to do our job and do it extremely well, do we not? Then so much more should we not wanna please our Father in heaven and do what he has for us in our life and to follow what he has for us. Do we not wanna be equipped when somebody comes up to us and goes, Hey, you go to church. Can you tell me about Jesus? And you lean back and go, What? I just go to church now. I don't want to talk about all this Jesus stuff. <laughs> what, are you kidding me? I got to talk about it? I got to tell other people about it? If they ask, I have to have an answer? Yes, you do. You want to be equipped. The Word of God equips you. Would you, what would you even tell them if that happened to you today? Would you get a little nervous? Because I'd get a little excited. Because I'm thinking somebody's fixing to get saved, amen? I'm going I'm to introduce them to my Jesus, my King, my Lord, my Savior. What a question to get asked. Yet the church today at large is going, don't ask me about Jesus. I just went to church, okay? I, 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 hey, I went to church. I'm a good person. No. No. Man, the Word of God, knowing it and living it, is an awesome thing to get to do. We get to do it. We don't have to. We get to. It. That's what's amazing about it. Through our Savior Jesus Christ, we get to know the Word of God so that God can convict us and change us and to teach us what is right and prepare us for every good work that He has for us. Now, what happened the next? What happened, what happened next to the people? They found written in the law which the Lord had commanded by Moses that the children of Israel should dwell in the booth during the feast of the seventh month. Now, this is not a happenstance. What if you go back to, I believe it's verse 3. No, about verse 2 of chapter 8. So Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly of men and women and all who could hear and with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. You see, it was, it was just perfect timing. And that's God. He has perfect timing in your life. You see, it was the seventh month. They were reading the book of the law. They were reading the word of God. What we would have today is we live under the new covenant. We celebrated that today, amen? We don't even have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament to live by. There is so much there. You see, they read the word of God, and they responded to it. And get this. They're going to do what it says. What a novel ideal. To do what it says. And that's what they went about. Here it is, the feast of the tabernacle is what it's talking about in, in the next scriptures. You can find that in Leviticus, chapter 23, verse 34 through 36. It will tell you a little bit about it. You can research it. It will even tell you more about it. Very simple. They went out and they made booths. Now, these booths had significance. They didn't just do it for no reason. They were twofold. One is when the farmers went for harvest, they would build these and literally live in them during the time of harvest but it was also a reminder to the people of Israel during their time in the desert that they had these booths to live under. You see, it was a reminder of what God had done for them. So they celebrated that through a feast. Now the feast that we celebrate today is the Lord Jesus Christ and His broken body for us and His blood that He shed for each and every one of us. And we celebrated that today through communion, If I can say it. You see, they celebrated that feast. But it was real simple. It started with this. How did they respond to the word of God? Very simply, they did what it said. You see, that's what the word of God should do to us. It should move us. It should transform us. It should mold us and make us to what God has for us. Ezekiel 36, 25, and 26. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all filthiness and from your idols. I will give you a new heart. Amen. Did you receive a new heart when you became to know Jesus Christ as your Savior? And I will put a new spirit within you, and I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, and I shall give you a heart of flesh. God has taken that old, crusty, run-down, broken-down Doug Deweese, And he replaced that one with a new heart that he gave you through Jesus Christ. And he's done that for each and every one of us that know him as Savior today. We're going to celebrate today in baptism. Praise the Lord. I believe we're having two today. Amen? Is that not awesome? We're going to celebrate what God has done in people's lives in baptism because he has created a new heart in these people. He saved our everlasting soul. And I don't know about you, but I get a little excited about that. Amen. Titus 3, 5 says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us. Through the washing and the regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit, He has replaced our old way of life with the new one. It says in Corinthians that old things pass away. Behold, all things become new when you come to know Christ and you start responding to the Word, and you start living it, man, I'm going to tell you it will make a difference in your life today. I know it will, because I look at you, and I know you, and I know what God's done in your life, and I know where some of you were and where you are today. Some of you may have been Christians for years and years and years. Let me tell you something real quick. There is no retirement age in the name of Jesus. There is no, well, I'm old now. I, gotta, I don't have to do that. No, there's nothing in there. Matter of fact, it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling all the way to the end. Walking with Jesus Christ. I had it with the pastor's lunch, and we talked about We had a pastor's lunch this Thursday. We talked about that. It's, it's, it's amazing. We're talking about when we, we retire, believe it or not. We got a discussion about when we retire, what we're going to do in the name of Jesus. I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. But I'm going to tell you, if the Lord blesses me to live that long, I'm going to keep serving Him. Because I look around, and there's places to serve in the name of Jesus, whether I'm the pastor or I'm sitting on the back row. Any way it goes, there's places for you to serve Jesus today. You respond to His Word, and you do what He says. You know, today, someone came and said, I feel, feel like we ought to pray this morning for someone. We shouldn't wait till the end of service. And we did what we felt like the Lord had for us to do today. Because the church should be a house of prayer. It says it in the Word of God. And yes, that might have been a little out of the norm. It might have supposed to come later in our minds. Who cares? That's why we don't print up an order of service. You ever notice that? Never going to print an order of service. Because we don't know what the order of service is going to be because we may be praying for somebody in the middle of it. Somebody may come to the altar and just start praying during worship. Change the order of service, amen? Because they're responding to what God has for them in their hearts. Just like the people did. If you think about Nehemiah, I've talked about it. You know, Jerusalem was in a bad place, not only physically, but they were in a bad place spiritually. Now, through Nehemiah's leadership and the people, they rebuilt the wall. They had security personally, and now they're rebuilding their lives through God. Is that not a picture of us? We should be rebuilding our lives daily through God's word. If we'll allow it, it will transform us. And you, who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy, blameless, and above reproach in his sight. Amen. We are holy and blameless because of his righteousness I say this, I'm going to keep saying it I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it, I'm going to say it when you read the word of God and you see it and you're not lining up with the word of God then you've got to change it is that simple there's no waiting until tomorrow there's no I'm, I, it's kind of like a diet Hi, yeah, let's start that diet next week I think I'm going to be starting to diet next week for the last year. Should have done it, but I haven't. But I'm going, hey, maybe next week, right? You see, should never be that way with the Word of God. When we don't line up with it, when we see something, or the other way around, when we see something that we're doing that doesn't line up with the Word of God, and the Word of God is telling us otherwise, then we got to change. That's just its that simple. It really is that simple, people. we got to change. We don't need to make excuses as to why. I, but let me tell you, I've heard them. I've heard the excuses. But, no, no, tell me in Scripture where it says that. Tell me in Scripture. You've got to line up with the word, but, 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 but. No, it doesn't. And it doesn't say anyone else. It's to you personally. You understand that? If no one else does it, it's your responsibility to do it. Amen? It's your personal responsibility to line up and live the Word of God. Now, my responsibility in your life is to teach you and train you in what it says. But I'm no different than you. The first thing I have to do is line up with it. Because if God says we should be doing this and I want to be doing that, plain and simple, we should all want to do that. In chapter 9, now on the 24th day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and sackcloth and dust on their heads. Then those of the Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners, and they stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their fathers. And they stood up in the place and read from the book of law, of the Lord their God, for one-fourth of the day. And for another-fourth, they confessed and worshipped the Lord their God. You see, they were being transformed by the Word of God. Think about it. And today, they read from the Word of God for six hours. Then they got on their knees and they confessed and they worshiped God for another six hours. When's the last time we got on our knees and worshiped him for six minutes? When's the last time we got on our knees and confessed our sins for over six minutes, much less six hours? You see, revival is taking place in the life of the people of Israel at this time. Spiritual revival is taking place. Here's the thing, that revival starts with confession of sin. You see, God can't attach himself to sin. You understand that. There's many today that that speak on God's behalf, you know, and I I listen to some of them, and they say, well, God would have done this, and God would have done that. And I'm like, no, he wouldn't have. It doesn't line up with the Word of God. He wouldn't have done that. Plain and simple, if it doesn't line up with the Word of God, that's not what God would have done. You see, God's word revealed their sinful way. That led to confession, and that led to revival. I ask you today, is God revealing to you the sin of your life, or you're confessing that time? After you hear his word, are you responding to it in a manner that you should respond to it? I think about it, Jesus, all the time, He did this. I think about the the woman that is in adultery at the well. And he where you talked about where her accusers were. He's getting in and he's drawing in the sand. And one by one, one by one, they leave. He'd already asked her, Where's your husband? Well, I don't have one. No, you don't. You already had four or five. I can't remember if it's four or five. I think you'd already had four, and you're not married to the one you're living with now. He just told her. Didn't condemn her. But at the end of it, because at that time you were supposed to be stoned to death for adultery. And he said, let him without sin cast the first stone. She just gets down. And one by one, one by one, they drop into rocks. He looked up and they were all gone. But here's what he told her. Where are your accusers? They're not here. He told her this. Go and sin no more. You see, God takes sin seriously. Yes, did he redeem her? Did he look out for her? Did he take care of her? Yes, but he also said, go and sin no more. You know, God didn't save us that we could live like hellions. He didn't save us that we could live any way we wanted to. He saved us that we would be transformed to be more like him. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. That's a good scripture right there, man. Think about that for a minute. You can be cleansed today in the name of Jesus, and all you got to do is ask. All you have to do is ask. Just be like the people here. You see, confession of sin leads to revival. Do you want a revival in your heart today? Do you, you ever feel like you're wasting your time, like you're down, and things aren't going your way? Get on your knees and start to confess to the Lord about that and asking Him to set that revival in you, just like He is the people here at this time. He's renewing their strength in the Lord. Daniel 9.9 9 says, To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against Him. That's us. We have rebelled against our God, yet mercy and forgiveness is available. Psalm 51.10 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. And do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. You see, if we get that confession, if we ask God to cleanse us of all unrighteousness, and then we ask in him to create in us a new person, that's what we're asking. Creating us a clean heart that we can be more like you. God, do not take the Holy Spirit away from me. Man, the Holy Spirit works in our lives. When we talk about salvation, that's the Spirit of God that calls those people unto Him. It is important that you are filled with the Holy Spirit today. When you open up the Word of God, you say, Holy Spirit, teach me and train me what you have for me today. It said they sat in sackcloth and ashes. They fasted. Those... Sackcloth, that was uncomfortable. It was goat hair is what it was. For us today, it might be a burlap bag. You ever fed oats years ago, what would it come in? Old feed sack. What those old feed sacks make you do? It's like crazy. You see, they were in something similar to that. Made them very uncomfortable. The ashes that they put on their head. All about... Comfort, uncomfortable you see our problem is today is we get too comfortable with sin and we think a little bit of it's okay you know maybe we need to fast a little more we talked about that a month ago maybe we need to be a little uncomfortable I get this every now and then, hey Darrell you stepped all over my toes I said praise the Lord because I didn't step on anybody's toes but the Lord did what that told me is you heard the word of God and it's changing you because it made you think about what you heard. Amen. But I want us to know that yet we were still sinners. Christ died for us. There's not anybody in here that's not a sinner. We have all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinners except Christ, the perfect one. He knew no sin. Somebody told me that this morning. He had to borrow ours. He had to take ours. And take them to the cross. And he buried them in the pit of hell where they belong. He did that for us. That we may not only know him as a Savior, but live the word of God, have confession of sin. But we don't have to live in that sin. We can be delivered from it. John chapter 8 verse 31 says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, and you are my disciple indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. They answered, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? And Jesus answered them, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son A son abides forever. Therefore, if the son, capital S, if Jesus makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let me tell you today, people, you've been set free from sin. You no longer have to live in it. But this is a place of death, burial, and sacrifice, this altar. And if you have sin today, this is a great place to come and get rid of. Maybe you don't, maybe you're not living in sin. Maybe there's nothing there. Praise the Lord. You're doing better than me. Because I gotta ask God to forgive me daily for my shortcomings, for my failures. But I know this I want more of you, God. I want God to set a fire down in my soul. And he does it through the word of God. He transforms us and he changes just if we'll act on it. That's the key to the people of Israel at this time. They acted on the word of God. You see, it's active and alive in your life today. What's our challenge? To live it fully and wholly through Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask you today to change to line up with what God has for each of us. Because if we do that as as individuals, he'll set a fire in his church that, man, Satan can't put out. He's got no chance. He'd be fighting it with a water pistol. But what we have to do, what we have to do is just what the people of Israel did at this time, confess that sin and follow the word of God because God has a plan for you as an individual, and he has a plan for this church. And we want to walk in perfect will of both of those. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today, that it may be challenging. I know it's challenging to me, Lord. I thank you that the people responded to you, God, and I pray that we respond to you how you would have us to respond. I thank you for each person here today, and I ask blessing in their lives, God, that you would open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessings that they couldn't even foresee coming. But I pray first that we live righteous and holy through you. We love you, Lord. And we thank you so much for loving us. In Jesus' holy, righteous name we pray. Amen.